glad that you're here today. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. We are so glad that we're here today as we celebrate all that God is doing to all of our ladies, all of our ladies here in the room. And um, in just a minute, we're going to get ready for our, for our annual child dedication. And I just want to say, first of all, to all ladies, we have a special gift just for you as you leave today. You'll get a nice little coffee cup. And, um, and it says on here, we, we've had this made. She is clothed in strength and dignity, Proverbs 31:25. And then in parentheses it says, but coffee helps. All right, so this will help, all right? So this is good stuff here. And we've got about, I don't know, 50 calories of candy that's in the coffee cup. I'm just guessing, just guessing here. Um, but make sure when you leave today, all of our ladies here today, every single lady, we have this for you and to honor you and to celebrate you today. And we're just so thankful that we have ladies in our lives. And uh, no matter what season of life you're in, uh, we're glad that you're here today. And so, now in the next few minutes, we have a time where we want to just recognize our child dedication. Here at Lake Point, we believe that um, dedication is, is it's not something that we have to do. It's not a biblical command. It's not something in the Bible that says we have to do this. But we see an example of this in 1 Samuel chapter 1 where Hannah was praying for a baby. And she finally gave birth to a little baby boy named Samuel. And when Samuel was born, she was so excited that she went to the temple and she praised the name of Jesus and dedicated her baby to God. She said, God, have your way with Samuel. Have your way, whatever you want. This is your baby. And help me to be the mom. Help me to lead this baby. And help my husband to lead this baby. And help us to uh, live in a life of example for this child. And so it was an example of the scripture. And so we kind of carry out this idea Today and every family today is going to come up here, and um, and they're going to get several things. And before we bring them up one at a time, uh, the first every family will get a certificate with the baby's name, with the child's name that's on the on the uh, that's being dedicated today. They also get a a Bible, and um, I've got a, a nice little I don't know what you call it burgundy style Bible for the for the the girls, and I've got a nice little black Bible for the boys, and then we have a devotional book for the baby, or for the child, and I've got age-appropriate book for each family member, and um, or for each children in the family, so this, they will get one of these as well, and then, <clears throat> this is probably the most important piece of information, and um, in this is an envelope, and on the front will be your child's name. And in a talent right below that child's name, it said to be open on the day when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. So you hold on to this letter, and when your child gets to the place where they ask Jesus Christ to come into their heart and be their Lord and Savior, you open this letter. And in the letter, it basically said that we pray for them on this day, on May 13, 2018. And um, we pray for you, and uh, we pray for this special moment that that one day that you ask Christ in your life. So this is a special letter to hold on to and to make sure you open up 
when, that, when your child comes to faith in Christ. And so these are the things that they'll get. And so Ken, why don't you come up here? And we're going to call up each family one at a time. And then after I'm done with each family, they're going to come and they're going to stand behind me. And at the end, we're going to do one prayer. And we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for the child. We're going to pray for the parents. We're going to pray for our church as we minister, you know, as we help our parents and raise our kids. Some of these kids will be in our LP Kids Ministry. We're going to pray for us as we help them as we minister to these kids, we'll be praying for all of us here today um, in the next few minutes. Our first family that I want to recognize is a little girl named Nola Rose Manier. Nola Rose Manier. And we're going to take a picture for each one. So Justin's right here. All right. Man, what a great picture. All right. And uh, Nola Rose Manu is six months old. Her mom and dad is Mike and Danielle. They've got family that are here. Will you family of the, of the Manus, will you please stand? There's a whole row of them right here. All right. Thank you. You guys may be seated. We have your gift for you guys. And we're going to continue to pray for Nola. Nola and we be praying that she will grow in the, in, the, in the example of Jesus Christ, which she one day will come to know Christ as the Lord and Savior. Be praying for you guys as you lead her and, um, and, and to grow into that Christ-like love. And so, thank you guys. You might be standing right over here. Next family is our two children. So we're going to invite them up to Gothier's family. So I have Drew. Drew is four years old. How you doing, Drew? Can I get a fist bump? Boom, right here. All right, and then we have Haley. Haley Nicole. Can I get a fist bump? There we go. And uh, we got Eric and Tiffany. And we're just glad that they're here today. We have your gifts here in just a minute. But let's do a, a real quick picture. Let's mush them together a little bit. There we go. All right, and so this bag is for Drew. Drew, want to carry your own bag? All right. Haley, Nicole, this is your bag. We're going to be praying for you guys, a new family in our church, and uh, they've been coming for the last six, eight months, and um, we're going to continue to pray for them as they grow in the walk of Christ. And so we're going to be praying for you guys in just a few minutes. Y'all stand right there. Our next little girl is Jasmine Joy. Jasmine Joy Parker, she is nine months old. We got mom April, we got dad Jeremy, we got brothers and sisters. They've been dedicated before, but you know, they want to be on the platform again, and uh, why not? And, um, but we are so excited about Jasmine. All right, there we go. Can we smile for the camera right here? Let's push together. And um, we are going to be praying for her. She's nine months old. 
and uh, we're going to be continuing to pray for you guys, you know what I mean, as well as on our staff here at Lake Point. So we're glad to have you guys with us. Y'all stand back here. Oh, here's your gift. Our last family, baby that's going to be dedicated today is Ella Ray Humbach. And uh, this is Dad Jacob and Jenny. And Ella Ray is eight months old. And he got parents and families and grandparents. Will y'all stand up real quick? There they are back there. There's, there's Aunt Heather back there. There we go. And so you guys may be seated. And uh, we're so excited about Ella Ray being dedicated to the Lord. She is eight months old. And um, I get to see Ella every week in our, in our office because Aunt Heather, our worship leader, you know, she brings, brings her along. And so we become friends. We become real good pals. And um, she doesn't look it right now, but we're buddies. So, but let's uh, uh, do a quick picture. All right. We're going to ask God, if you would join me in prayer, as we ask God to watch over these families, watch over these children, as we give them to the Lord today. And we're going to pray for God's will in their lives. We pray for that day for their salvation, that they come to know Christ. We pray that they will live their life. We will pray for these parents today as they raise their children in the joy of the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you today. We thank you for every child that's here today. We ask you to be with Nola Rose Manu. We ask you to help her and to help her to grow into the Lord. We pray for her day that she comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We pray you be with her parents, Mike and Danielle. We ask you to bless them as they raise their family in the joy of the Lord. And God, we ask you to be with the, the Garfield family. We ask you to be with Drew and Haley. God, we ask you to watch over them as you help them to grow in their walk with Christ. And when they become a believer and step into faith in Jesus Christ, God, we pray for that moment, that defining moment when they make that decision. We pray for Eric and Tiffany as they lead their family to do the right thing, to follow after your footsteps. And God, we ask you to be with Jasmine Joy Parker. We ask you to be with her as she grows up. We pray for her day, that one day, that defining moment where she comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, where she give her life to you. God, be with her mom and dad, Jeremy and April. Be with their entire family as they continue to grow. Help them as they grow together into into the presence of you. God, we ask you to be with Ella Ray Humbach. We be with Jacob and Jenny. God, we pray for Ella when she becomes a Christian. And we pray that that one day when she takes that next step in faith. And God, we just ask you to bless Jacob and Jenny. God, help them to be the spiritual leader in their home to help them to uh, lead their child to Christ. And help them to lead their child in the things of God. And so, God, we pray you bless them. And God, we thank you for our church. God, we thank you that we have a church that cares about even the least among us, the little ones. God, we thank you that we have a church that wants to minister to our kids and that wants to minister to our parents. God, I pray that in the days ahead, in the years ahead, 
that we will continue to minister to these families and continue to minister to all of our families here as we will help them to grow and to know and to go in your name. And we thank you, Jesus, today. We thank you for this special moment of dedication. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. You may be seated. Before the message, watch the story. Changes the baby's diapers, and she takes care of Maggie, and she gives us food. I love my mom because she does all the laundry for us, and doesn't have to make us do chores. I love my mom because she brought me into this world, and she gives me a home to sleep in. I know my mom likes me because, or well, because uh, she looks out for me, and she gives us food, and goes grocery shopping for more. I know my mom loves me because she um, looks out for me and gives me a house. Um, I love my mom because um, she brought me to Jesus. She told me about Jesus. And um, I'm so happy that my dad's a pastor so he can tell me more about Jesus. So, and also happy that she gives me food. Uh, and um, she gives me some shelter, hugs, and kisses. <laughs> nice. I love my mom because she um, is great at doing the singing. She operates uh, um, all the words on the screen grid, and I love her because um, she let us move up here and let us go to this church. I love my mom because she is a very nice girl and she likes to sing and I love her very much and um, I, I really want her to have a great Mother's Day. I love my mom because she is special and she makes the best food. She's nice, but sometimes not, um, mostly because of uh, my brothers. So sometimes my mommy's nice, sometimes she's not. It's usually because of my sister. Uh, she's very kind and uh, her hugs are amazing. She's like the best hugger, I know. Um, and uh, yeah, I love her. She's perfect. She's a beautiful singer. She never sings though. Like she usually just keeps it in the shower. So like you guys should ask her to sing for you. It's pretty nice. I love mommy. She's sweet. Um, I love her so much. Um, she always helps me when I need it, and that's why I love her. Um, when when she snuggles with me, I like how she loves me. She plays with me. She helps me get to night night. I I call her name, and she like. Powerful wounder, and she gets me wounder. She gives you wounder? Yeah. What's wounder? Wounder um, makes us go sleep. Oh, okay. So good. I think my mommy's pretty. I love my mama when she cuddles with me. Wave bye. Happy Mother's Day. Hi, mommy. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Can you blow? Can you blow her a kiss? 
Can you blow her up? Yeah. You can say, I love you. Yeah, you. Say, I love you. Yes, you. You can you blow her a kiss? Mm. I love you, Mom. Okay, I love you better than boys do. I love you better what? than boys do. <laughs> I love you, Mommy. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Mommy. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. Can you blow her up? Yeah. yeah. Our kids are so happy for food, aren't they? They love food. All right, a lot of good cooks in the room, that's for sure, right? Well, we're glad that you're here. Some of you, this might be your first time here with us, maybe your first time in a long time. And um, in case you missed it, um, in the welcome, we talk about a connection card. You have to take a minute, fill that connection card. You should have received it in your program and uh, as you come in. And then at the end of our service, we have an offering time. That's the only thing we ask of you is just to drop your card. Let us know about your visit with us this morning. We'd like to send something to you in the mail. We also have a free gift that we'd like to give you as you leave today. So today we're wrapping up. We're finishing up our series on overwhelm. Overwhelm. And we've been talking about all kinds of little things. Overwhelmed with life. Overwhelmed with stress. Overwhelmed with depression overwhelmed with anger, and it's just a bunch of these little things. And today we're going to talk about overwhelmed with worry. Worry. And I know a lot of us, we worry. We worry, you know, mom, we worry about our kids. You know, dad, we worry about how we're going to uh, pay the bills sometimes. We worry. A lot of us worry. What does worry look like? What does it look like? Sometimes it is carved into our body by sores that we call ulcers. Sometimes it is etched into our face by lines. We call it wrinkles. It may be pictured on our lips by the shape we call a frown. It can be heard in footsteps pacing back and forth across the floor late at night. Sometimes it is muffled by the silence of someone lying in bed, staring at the ceiling without being able to go to sleep. In modern terminology, we might call it tension. Some people might call it anxiety. Jesus called it worry. You might not say, I worry. You might say, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about something. But the truth of the matter is, you're worried. And you hold on to it. And many people are overwhelmed with worry. You can turn on the channel on TV and watch a news channel. And you can get worried really quickly. You can get worried about what the world is coming to. You can get worried about what's going to happen in Washington, D.C., and what's going to happen on the other side of the world. You can worry what's going to happen in your own backyard. You can worry about our kids. We can worry and worry and worry. Many of us are overwhelmed with worry. Now, the root English word 
But the word worry literally means to choke, to strangle. Whenever you wrestle with worry, worry wrestles with you. It's got a chokehold and it's trying to strangle the joy right out of your life whenever you worry. You see, worry is a control issue. We try to control the economy, and we can't. So we worry about it. We try to control other people, and you find out that you can't. And so you worry about it. We try to control our jobs, and you find out that you can't. So you worry about it. We try to control our future, and you find out really quickly that you can't. And so we worry about the future. And so this morning, I want to look at what Jesus had to say about worry. Because Jesus, he has declared war on worry. And we're going to look at Matthew 6, and we're going to go verse by verse here this morning. And we're going to see what Jesus had to say about how you and I can win over worry. We don't have to be choked and strangled in this life full of worry. And I pray that today, this message will help all of us. Number one, if you're taking notes, a couple things about worrying as we get started. Worrying doesn't make sense. It, it, it's senseless. It doesn't make sense. As we look in the Bible in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, I like today to look a lot in the New Living Translation and this is what it says. And this is, the, this is Jesus talking. This is the part of the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon that Jesus ever preached. And it says right here in the middle of this sermon, he says, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Jesus is saying, worrying just doesn't make sense. Don't worry about the eternal. Focus about, focus about your life for the eternal. Don't worry about things that's not going to last. Don't worry when a new car gets a ding in it. Don't worry about it. No big deal. Just material things he's talking about. Don't worry about the material things of this world. I heard a true story about a husband who for two years had a hobby of restoring a vintage car. I mean, brand new car. I mean, a brand new. I mean, it's spotless. Took this old-fashioned car, and it, was, it won prizes all over the, all over the area. And, um, and this was his pride and joy. And the wife knew that this was his pride and joy, but the husband was out of town one time, and, and so she needed a car. Something came up. She didn't have her car with her for some reason, so she needed a, a, a quick trip to the car and uh, to, the, to a store. She said, I'm, I'm not going far. I, she reasoned herself. I'll be okay. Be very, very careful. She knew how important, how special this car was to her husband. And so she's on her way to the store, and sure enough, Fender bender. It happened. 
And you can just imagine how sick that the wife was. She said, oh, no. How, what in the world? How am I going to tell my husband? I mean, she's crying. She's weeping. She can't figure out how she can break the poor bad news to her husband that she ruined. She's messed up. His pride and joy was to gather enough energy to get back to the car and, and to pull the, the, the insurance paper out of the glove compartment. And once she pulled out the insurance paper, a little note from her husband fell out. And here's what the note says. It says, honey, if you are reading this note, it's probably because you got a ticket or you just had an accident in my car. <laughs> I want you to know that all I care about is you. Oh. And I hope you're okay. I know you must be worried about it because you know how much I love the car. I just want you to know that I love you so much more than that stupid car, your husband. Isn't that sweet? Now, some of you men just got this great idea. <laughs> you're going to go home today. I can see this already. You're going to go home. You're going to write a note so that when your wife drives your car and has to get papers out of the glove compartment, she can find a note that can say, what were you thinking? Don't do it. <laughs> All right? We worry. Jesus said we worry about stuff and it's senseless. It doesn't make sense. It's not worth it. Number two, worrying is a waste of time and energy. A waste of time and energy. Matthew 6, 27 says, Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Worrying doesn't make you live longer. Worrying cannot change the past. Worrying cannot control the future. There's only one thing that worrying can do for you, and that is it can make you miserable today. Now, we watch the news, and there's like so much that we ought to be worried about, but Jesus says, don't do it. Don't worry. Doesn't do any good. You can get all the updates, and you can worry all you want, and you can worry and worry and worry about the future, but it won't help you at all. It won't. It's like rocking in a rocking chair with all of your energy, and you find yourself not going anywhere. You're just wasting time. You're wasting energy. It doesn't do anything for you. Number three, worrying is unnatural. Worrying is unnatural. Jesus gave us two illustrations from nature here in Matthew chapter 6. He talked about the birds and the flowers and the grass. Verse 26, Jesus said, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you, more, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Look at verse 28. Why worry about your clothing? Look at the flowers. Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. And, here, and here's the point that Jesus is making. He said the animals don't worry. The plants don't worry. You know, God takes care of them. 
You know who worries? You know what the one thing in all of God's creation that worries? Human beings. We worry. All creation trusts God except for human beings. Being worrying, worrying is an unnatural state of mind. We were not made to worry. God didn't create us to worry. In fact, when God placed Adam and Eve in the garden, they never had to worry about anything. But sin came into the world. Sin entered into the human equation. And what happened? Adam and Eve, from the moment they sinned, they hid behind, before God. They hide. They don't know God's coming. Why? Because they got worried. They started worrying about what was going to happen next. They worry what was going to happen with their relationship with God. You see, worry is the opposite of faith. It's the opposite of faith. It's not faith in God. If anything, it's faith in the evil one. It's saying, you know, I believe in the worst possible case scenario. That's what I believe in. It's faith in the bad thing rather than faith in God. So I want to define worry. This is very important. If you're taking notes, here's a working definition for worry. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. I just had to throw the word sin, didn't I? You said, oh man, you had to go there. But that's what worry is. Worry is a sin of distrusting the promises, the promises and the power of God. It's a lack of faith. It's being faithless in who God is. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. And that word fear is a loaded word. But it carries the idea of anxiety and tension. And worry. God didn't give us that. That does not come from God. In fact, God gives us power and of love and of sound mind. That's what he gives us. But the evil one, he wants to worry. And so many of us are choked. We're gripped by it. It has strangled us. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in verse 30, if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow. He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Why are you faithless? God will take care of the grass and the flowers in the field from beginning to end. He has a plan for it from the beginning to the end. He will do the same for you and I. He will do the same. But when I'm worried, when I'm worrying, I'm basically saying to God that he cannot be trusted. That my faith in God is weak. God said, listen, I'm your heavenly father and I know what you need and I know what you have to have. I know where you're at today. I know I just need you to trust me. I need you to trust me. That's what heavenly father, that's what he's crying out to you. Quit worrying. Senseless. It takes time and energy. It's unnatural. You weren't made to worry. You were made 
to trust me and have faith in me. So how can we find victory over our worries? See, worrying is like being in a car stuck in neutral. And you just put in the metal, the pedal to the metal. You're just revving up the engine, the RPMs are going high. You're in neutral. You're not going nowhere. That's what worry is. And if you want to have victory over your worry, you've got to get out of a neutral and shift into drive. And so today, for the rest of our time, I'm going to talk about four mental and heart shifts that God wants you and I to take to win over worry. Four mental and heart shift that you need to take. Shift number one, to overcome worry in your life, you need to shift from control to surrender. Control to surrender. Again, worry is all about control. You're trying to control something that you can't control. Worry is sick about it because you're trying to control something that is out of your hand. That's what worry is. It's a fear that you're not in control. Look at verse 31. So don't worry about these things, thinking what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear. These things dominate the thought of unbelievers. In some translation, the word pagan. This is how the pagan thinks. He said, we need to move from control to surrender. He said, we need to move to a pagan mindset, to a heart of faith, to a heart where we surrender to God. He said, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. He already knows what you need. And instead of having a, a life where we're trying to be in control like the unbelievers, we, re we recognize that we have a heavenly Father who's in control, who knows what you need, who knows what you need for the now. And you need to learn to say, you know what, I got to let go of control. And I need to move to a heart of surrender. Surrender to God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it's not on the screen, but just listen carefully. We demolish argument and every pretension that set itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. We take captive every thought, every worried thought. And we make it obedient to Christ. We surrender it to Christ. Now, by the way, a worried thought is not a sin. It's when you act out on your word. You see, things come into our minds all the time. It's how you flesh it out. You might have a worried thought and say, oh, man, I should be worried about this, but I'm not. And you retrain your mind where you say, you know what, God, I'm going to quit trying to be in control of the situation, and I'm just going to completely trust and surrender it to you. You see, the more you know God, the more that you trust him, the more that you give it to him. But it comes to a place where you have to move from control to surrender. By the way, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's your first step in this shift paradigm. You have got to give your life to Jesus Christ because you can't live your life on your own. If you don't know Jesus Christ, then I would be worried. 
Because you don't have a heavenly father who is on your side. In fact, you're working against him when you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But when you give your life to Christ, when you say, you know what, I'm tired of trying to control my life, and God, I'm going to give you my life, and I'm going to step in faith in Jesus Christ, just like we pray for the kids to one day do, we say, listen, I'm going to do that too. And I'm going to step into the faith of Christ. I'm going to step into the provision of Christ. I'm going to step into the power of Christ. I'm going to let go of control. And I'm going to move to surrender. And some of us here are Christians, some of us are believers, but we still think with the mindset of a pagan, an unbeliever. Yes, we have faith. We trust God for our eternity. We trust God for eternity, but we don't trust God for today. Oh, we, hey, I, God, you got us taken care of for the rest of our eternity, but today, I'm worried. I say here today, the first, most important shift is the shift from control to surrender. It's the second shift. If you're taking notes, if you want to win over worry, you've got to shift from urgent to important. From urgent to important. What may be urgent, it's not always important. But some of us, so many of us are running around, with a, running around like a chicken with the head cut off. You know what I'm talking about? We're just, we're just running all over the place. We're stressed out to the mat. Jesus said we need to shift from urgent to important. Look at Matthew, look at verse, chapter 6, in uh, verse 31, 32. I just read it for a couple words here. Don't, don't worry about these things. That's what Jesus said. Verse 32 your heavenly Father already knows all your need. By the way, just underline that. He already knows. Already knows. Before, before you step into tomorrow, God's already there. He already knows what you need for tomorrow. He already knows what you need next month and next year. He already, needs, he already knows. Verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God, above all else. That's Jesus here. And Jesus is emphasizing something that's very, very, very important. He said, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. God already knows. Oftentimes we act like God is totally unaware of all of our needs, that he doesn't know. We act like he doesn't know about that bill that needs to be paid. We act like he doesn't know about the problems with our kids. We act like that he doesn't know about the stress that we're going through at work. But God knows it all. He knows it all. He knows everything. And he knows what's going on in our world today. And he is still in control. It doesn't matter who is in charge in the White House. God is still in control. It doesn't matter what party is in control of Washington politics. God is still in control. It doesn't matter what other world leader does and how they respond and what they do. God is still in control. God knows it all. He sees what you're going through right now and he cares about it. He wants to do something about it. But there's a condition here in the verses that we read. There's a condition here that comes along with the promise. 
God said he'll take care of you, but there's a condition. But every promise, there's a promise. And here's the condition. We'll see it again in verse 33. That we have to give him, Jesus Christ, first place. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God. Make him first in every area of your life and live righteously. And then he will give you everything you need. God said, listen, I'll meet all your needs if you will give me first place in every area of your life. I will take care of it if you make me first. And that's the condition. Worry is always an indication that our priorities are out of line. Worry is an indication that we have misplaced our values. Worry is always an indication that our priorities are out of whack. And if you want to simplify your life, you need to do what Jesus says. Make him first. Make him first. Put him first in every area of your life. And he will take care of all the other things. All this other stuff that you think is important, he'll take care of those things. When you make the important first, when you put him in first, everything else will fall in place. Give Jesus the first hour of your week. On Sunday, come to worship just for an hour, hour and a half, and say, God, my week is yours. Give every day the first to Jesus. Take 10, 15 minutes in the Word, or however long you think you need to do it, but get in the Word every day. And say, God, my day is yours. Give God first place in your income. Give him the first portion of all you make. Not your leftovers. The Bible talks about giving a tithe, 10% to the Lord. By the way, when you start tithing, God will make the rest of your money go so much farther. You're, you won't get it. It, it, doesn't under, it doesn't make sense sometimes, but God always makes it work out because he is first. Because you put him in charge. Give him the first consideration in every decision that you make. Give him the first consideration. Don't pray later. Pray first and ask God for wisdom. Ask God, God, is this the wise thing for me to do? And you'll find yourself, God, helping you navigate difficult decisions that you need to make when you give him first place. Some of you here today need to make a shift from urgent to the important to make God First place. Here's the third shift. If you want to conquer worry, we need to move from fearing the future to enjoying the present. See, we don't have to fear the future. Jesus says in verse 34, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. There are two days that you should never worry about. Yesterday and tomorrow. If you're worried about tomorrow, you can't enjoy today. Now, the Bible does talk about planning. What's the plan for tomorrow? What's the plan for the future? But the Bible says here in verse 34 that we should live for today. We should live for today. Jesus said, listen, trust me. See, 
We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And we know that we can trust in the one who holds it. We can't control the future, but we can trust in the one who does. We can trust in him. Here's the fourth tip as we finish up. If we want to win over worry, we've got to shift from the worry channel. We've got to change channels. We've got to move from the worry channel to the prayer channel. We've got to change channels. You say, well, what's the prayer channel? I've got that channel for you. Ready? It's channel 46. Some of you right now are going on your Comcast and say, okay, what's channel 46? It's not in Comcast. It's not in your wow subscription. It has nothing to do with that. Channel 46 is in the Bible. Channel 46 is Philippians 4, verse 6. The Bible says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Some of you need to quit worrying and start praying. Change the channel. And some of you are tuned in. And we sit and watch the Word channel all day long. And does nothing for you. If anything, it starts to grow those ulcers and make the wrinkles and turn you around and make you sleep less at night because you're worried. God says, change channel. I, I did it because this was back in the old days. Remember what I'm talking about? You change the channel. If, if Dad wanted a channel change, just God go change the channel. I get up, I have to walk across the room and change the channel. Uh, for some of you that are less than 30 years old, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You've been blessed with a remote until you lose the remote. We haven't found our remote in over a week. <laughs> so what have I doing? Not, not, not this, it's buttons, right, on the TV, behind the TV. You know, up, I, t- I turned the TV off, right? Up, oh, I made it too loud. That changed channel. Changed it from worrying and praying. Worrying to praying. We take your worries and you give it to God. Now, what typically happens? If you're anything like me, this is what happens. Say, okay, God. All right, this is bothering me. God, I'm going to give this to you. God, I'm going to take my words, I'm going to take my troubles, I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to, I want you to do something about it. All right, God, come on. I'm on a time schedule here. Come on. Make something happen. Hello? All right, all right forget about it. I'll just take it back. We take our worries away. We take our worries back from God. God does to take your worries to the Lord and you leave it there. You leave it there. You see, when we do that, when we take our worries back, when we don't give our worries to the Lord, it's because we don't really trust God with it. We have this idea that our God is too small and we're too big. And you need to make a shift where we start seeing God as a big, big, awesome, powerful, mighty God. And you start seeing yourself as this little human being, but that's a lot better than a flower, a plant, and an animal. Because if God cares about those, 
he will definitely care for you. But we have to put ourselves in place in proper alignment with God and see that God is a big God. And he will take care of us. And we need to put our trust in him. We do what we can. We control what we can. But what we cannot control, we give it to God. Now let me give you a couple of scenarios as we wrap this up. A couple of scenarios. I want to ask you some yes or no questions. You don't have to read the answer out loud, okay? But I want to ask a couple of questions here. Can you heal someone of cancer? Can you do that? No. Can God do that? Yes. God can do that. So we don't worry about it because we give it to God. What can we do? Well, we can go to the doctor. We can get some medical advice. We, we can change our diet, what's necessary. There's some things that we can do, but there's some things that we cannot do. We cannot control the outcome. What can we do with it? We can give it to God. Can you protect your kids from all danger? Can you? No. We like to, but we can't. So what can we do? Well, we can teach them. We can, we can show them what that looks like. We, say, we teach them, hey, when a stranger comes up and try to take your child, you know, when you, you just scream out, stranger danger, you know, whatever you got to do, run. You know, when, you, when something happens, always tell mama, always tell daddy, when, you know, always be honest. You know, we can teach them, but we can't control. We can't keep them from danger completely. Who can? God can. We can give it to God. We can give our words to God. It's another question. It's important, all right? No elbow in here, all right? Nobody elbows anybody. Can you change your thoughts? I told you, hold that elbow. Can you change your spouse? No. Can God change your spouse? Absolutely he can. And God can change you too. So we give it to God. What can you do? You can pray for your spouse. You can love your spouse. You can show kindness to your spouse. You can lead by example to your spouse. You can't change him. You can't change her. But what you can't control, you don't worry about it. You pray, and you give it to God. You change the channel. You change the channel from worry to prayer. And when we do that, when we shift from control to surrender, from the urgent to the important, from fearing the future to enjoying the moment, when we change the channel from worry to the prayer channel, Notice what happened. Verse number 7 in Philippians 4. He said, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. You will experience the joy that you are meant to live the peace of God that you're supposed to have when you give your worries to the Lord. You control what you can. What you can't control, you give to God. And when you start doing that, 
you experience peace. You don't have to be overwhelmed with worry. And today, I don't know what you're worried about. But I know that worry has held so many people hostage. It's a sin that I refuse to live with because it's the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. And I will not insult my God that way. I believe that God is much bigger than me. I believe he is who he says he is. And he is capable, he is willing, and he is able. And as you put your life in him, as you are hidden in him with Christ, may he remove our worry, anxiety, and fear, because God is not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. May you be set free from the sin of worry. Our Heavenly Father, we love you, and we thank you today. We thank you for your word in Matthew 6. We thank you for your word in Philippians chapter 4. God, I pray that you would help us not to live a life of worry, but God, help us to live a life of peace. Help us to let go of our worries and to give it to you. Help us to stop trying to be in control of everything but to surrender to you. God, help us. Help us to move from the urgent to the important. Help us to make you first place in our area of our lives. God, help us not to be in fear of the future, but to enjoy the moment, to enjoy today, to live in the moment. God, help us to change the channel from worry to prayer so that we can experience peace, that we're not being choked and strangled by worry in our lives. God, I pray that we see you as a big, big God that will take care of us. You already know what we need. So God, I pray that we will live out in faith and walk in your steps. Help us to live for you. In your name I pray. Amen.